What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Jurgen Klopp is leaving the cup. It's a rogue wave which has swept over Liverpool and the rest of the football world this morning as he's confirmed he'll be leaving the club at the end of the season. We'll talk about it next on Football Social Daily. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast, and I know it's a Friday. It's an impromptu episode. Unfortunately, Marley messaged me early this morning saying Klopp's gone. And I was thinking, not a chance, not a chance that has happened. And now look at us on a Friday morning discussing that Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool. I've only got Marley with me at the moment because Niles managed to somehow blag his way off to Italy. I think he's in Bologna, is he? Somewhere like that? Well, as is always the way when you're trying to sort of run a a regular podcast and things like that. Things always happen as soon as you book a holiday. So Niall's literally just touched down in in Bologna and he's headed straight for the gelato factory and the the Tagliatelle Ragu restaurants. Um, And it it just immediately emerges that Jurgen Klopp's going. Um, And you think it's a joke. And then you go on Liverpool's actual channel, which was... I think I I initially seen it from Fabrizio Romano and I thought surely not even though everything he says is pretty much true I thought no nah, he he's got this one wrong but then he it was obvious that he was quoting from Liverpool's like official Twitter account and then yeah that was uh, it was a bloody well kept secret I'll I'll give him that and I was gonna I'm gonna dive right into it I think. Niall when he heard the news as well I think he actually would have rather been on the podcast than in Bologna by the way he was desperately trying to get a voice note <laughs> in for the podcast I said leave it for leave it with me and Marley we'll take on this it's fine uh, but just diving into what Jurgen Klopp said obviously there was a two-minute clip that got released all around social media from Liverpool's official Twitter basically saying that he's leaving that his energy sources are really low he says that if he could stay here, he'd be over the moon, but he just can't because he wants to perform at the highest level and that his energy sources are not endless 
But I think the biggest thing that stood out for me was the fact that he mentioned the plans that were in place for next season when he was talking with the Liverpool hierarchy and the fact that he just said when they were talking about signings and the preseason tour, he just said he just wasn't there anymore. So what were you, what are your initial reactions to him going? Because I'm like you, I was in pretty big disbelief because he signed his contract, relatively new contract in 2022. And I was thinking there's not a chance he leaves before then. But we'll dive into his quotes a little bit more. But what's your initial thoughts on what the hell's going on with Klopp leaving so suddenly? Well, I, I was kind of the same as you. I thought, um, you know, with him signing his contract in, in 2022, I think it was a five-year contract to take him to 2020, uh, 26 or 27, whichever it was. Um, he still got two years on that. And I think at the time, people, when he signed it, people were like, well, that'll take him to, you know, 10 years service, pretty much. And that would that would be... A sort of natural end um you know 10 years at a club bloody long time especially with the amount of transfers and stuff you've got to go through in the the amount of times Klopp has had to rebuild Liverpool he basically built this Liverpool from the ground up there's not there's not a surviving player from from when he uh he took over I don't I don't think um possibly Joel Matip I think he signed on a free from for Klopp as well because he knew him from from Germany with with Matip being at Schalke and you know, Klopp realizing what a good player he was and that kind of thing. So, um, we kind of knew that this might be the last of Klopp, like the Klopp era, but not for another two years. Certainly not now. It was come very much out of the blue. You know, he said in his interview that um, with with Liverpool that he was he told them in November. So they managed. They managed to keep this secret for three months. Unbelievably now. well kept secret. I'm so surprised it didn't come out sooner or got leaked somehow. It came fully out the blue, completely out the blue, hasn't it? But yeah, fair play to them for keeping it quiet and the the squad as well. And you know, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know how it'll affect them now going towards the end of the season, but we'll we'll I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I just I watched a bit of the interview. There's a full 25 minute length interview. The only time I will ever be on Liverpool's YouTube channel watching anything, unless United beat them at Anfield or something like that. But a lot of people were questioning whether it was his health, whether it was like an underlying issue going on. But in the interview, he completely clears that up and just says his health is absolutely fine. But he realised that again, like I said, when they were planning for next season, his energy and his it seemed like his motivation had just kind of vanished. And a big quote that I saw that stood out was he said, if I could stay here, I'd be over the moon, but I just can't because I can't perform at the highest level. I'm a normal guy, but I haven't lived a normal life for too long now. And I don't want to wait until I'm old to live a normal life. So for me, looking into that quote there, it just tells me that he's just, he sounds exhausted. I think he's just had so much burnout from obviously chasing that relentless Manchester City side who is almost like one-upping them every single season. You do that, okay, we're going to go 10 times more. Having to chase that, then you've got new contenders of Arsenal coming into the fro- into the four, Spurs potentially coming into it. And Klopp's probably thinking, okay, I'm 56 now. I've done, at the end of the season, nine years. You're probably thinking some of his star assets might start thinking of going soon, namely Mo Salah at the end of the season. And he's thinking, I'm going to have to regenerate this side again. And have I got the energy to start looking into transfers, pre-seasons, going toe-to-toe with these teams again and again and again? And for me, it just seemed like he's almost reached a stage in his life where he's thinking, I can't be that manager who's going into my late 60s 
70s and thinking I'm going to be a manager all the way until then and that's how my life is going to be because I can imagine for a manager it's like a 24-hour job isn't it even when you get to the summertime and you're off for that one month you're still going to be on the phone talking about signings plans for next season who's coming who's staying and then it gets around to august time july time you're already in pre-season it's like a metronome it just perpetual cycle isn't it that's why i can almost empathize with him where he says i just don't have the boundless amounts of energy that i need anymore and that's probably what that's what i saw from the interview anyway yeah i i i completely agree you know as when it came out and it was a shock it was like whoa what's what's happening here and then i think when you sit back and and you think about what is you know what is life in football for for managers and stuff like that and as you say it's a 24-hour job you you never ever switch off you're thinking about the next game you think about next week's game you're thinking about injuries transfers you know uh off the pitch things finances everything because you you're at the center of it all and and you're always thinking am i going to get sacked am i safe in this job because Klopp was you know it probably doesn't apply to Klopp perfectly because he was never he's never really been in danger of losing his job however that is the life of a manager of you know what oh, i might get sacked you know if we lose the next three games i might get sacked i've spent all this money in the summer and it hasn't worked um and i i actually i i really like this from Klopp. i really like that he's gone do you know what i've spent you know he didn't he didn't have a playing career really at the at the highest level he played sort of quite lower level but still he's given his life to football like so far and he's 50 what is he 55 56 and he's he's had a moment where he's had a moment of clarity and he's he sat down and went I've given my life to this and it's exhausting and now seems the time where at 56 you can go off and have you know, 20 years of just doing whatever you want. You're financially secure. You have been for 10 years. Um, so you need to you need to go and enjoy that sort of thing. There's no point, and I know we've picked on Crystal Palace a lot this week, but there's no point in being a Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson hasn't had a day off since he was probably 15, and he's 76 now. He's, he's given, like, you know, 60 years to football, and he's still, like, he's refusing to retire because he, he knows no different. But that's that's the the sort of mental thing that you you don't sort of see as sometimes you don't see people walking away from the game because they're absolutely engrossed in it and they're so far in that they can't get out so they just give and give and give until they get sacked so many times that nobody employs them like Steve Bruce for example but Steve Bruce would jump at another job tomorrow if if he was offered one you you know that for a fact but it's nice to see Klopp go do you know what I actually want to enjoy my life I've been on you know, I have what six, seven million a season for for probably six or seven years since he first got to Liverpool and did well. I've won everything. I've won the Premier League for the first time in thirty years for Liverpool. I won the Champions League. I've built one of the best club sides to you know to have ever seen that's ever been seen in the Premier League type of thing. So I like that he's that he's had this moment of clarity and just said, Do you know what, I've rebuilt this team once. And this era seems to be coming to an end now where, um, you know, Liverpool have built from the ground up. They had Mane, Firmino, Salah, and they they went toe-to-toe with City in probably the best title race you've ever seen. It was so good, it was almost boring that they just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. 
Um, and now he's sort of thinking, I, I don't want to do that again. Because if he, I think if he went past this season into next season and he completed this little rebuild that's happened with, you think about what's happening with Liverpool, with Fabinho, Henderson um, and some big players like Leaving and Mane, for example, and, and all those type of Gen 1 players and then he's built Liverpool Liverpool 2.0 to go again. If if he carried on past this season, I think he's he's already started that new era. So he would have to kind of stay longer and have to see where that Liverpool 2.0, if you want to call it that, see where they go and see what they can do. But I just I, he's finally just sat down and realised, poof, that's a lot. That's six years. It's another five, six years. So I don't fancy that. I'm going to go and live my life and enjoy what I want to do. Yeah, I think the one of the biggest standout points, and I echo what you just said, where he said, I need to find a different purpose. It just seems like he's, like you've just mentioned, had a moment of clarity when they were in discussions of planning and thought, I, I, I genuinely cannot fathom. He's like, he's almost like he's fallen out of love with football a little bit. As in, you know, it's took so much energy out of him that it almost ends up just becoming an obsession rather than a job. Because I can imagine, I remember in Sir Alex Ferguson and, and looking at that now, 26 years of relentless chasing, challenging, maintaining your position. I mean, everyone forgets that he nearly retired in, I think, 2002. And they had to really convince him to do a U-turn. Otherwise, he would have done similar to what Klopp did. Bow out, end up as, you know, won a lot. Champions League and then just kind of disappear into the sunset but there's just something in them that allowed them to carry on because I've always said and I love this quote of you need to know when to leave the party and I think in management that is probably the biggest privilege you can ever have being allowed to leave the party on your own terms because like you've just said and Klopp alluded to it in the interview where he said the only way I was going to leave this club barring my health was if Liverpool sacked me and that was never going to happen because he even mentioned last season, and I noticed in, in how he was saying it, when he said Liverpool last season was such a struggle, they finished on 67 points, fifth place, 22 points behind Manchester City. And he even said then, I think he had the inkling in his mind where he was thinking, how am I going to maintain this with my energy levels of trying to maintain that challenge consistently all the time? Because let's not forget, Pep Guardiola, he had a sabbatical. He went to New York. And he was out of the game for a good year until he felt ready to come back into it. And he doesn't strike me as a manager who's going to stay in the game too long. I don't think he's going to be a 65-year-old manager. It seems like they're ready to go when they're ready to go. But I think when you look back at Klopp's career, I think the biggest question is, would you see it as a success considering he's had nine years in England, only won one Premier League, the Champions League. He's basically won the lot, hasn't he? But just once. Uh, barring you know a league uh, extra league cups would it will he look back and think considering how good my team was should I have done more with the teams that I had or is it more so a fact that going up against Manchester City and getting that kind of haul is actually pretty commendable considering the circumstances I think the only people that sort of would ask that are people that look back and say well Guardiola won five six and you only won one um, and that isn't that isn't that isn't Klopp's fault. He he could never. I don't think he could have got any more out of that Liverpool side. I mean, to finish on ninety-seven points, it just says it all, doesn't it? Really, yeah. how difficult that challenge was. That's what I mean. I mean, I think he got ninety-seven, and the season before that, he got ninety-nine and won the league. 
So 99 and 97, you know, you're talking 106 points there. Uh, sorry, 206 points in in two seasons. You get a maximum of 114, by the way. So they barely even dropped any points. Yeah, I've just done maths wrong as well. It's 196. I think I said 206. But 196 points in, in two, two seasons is unheard of. Like, you could give, you know, Newcastle four seasons to get two hundred uh, to get 196 points and we probably wouldn't do it because <laughs> you would have to finish you know fourth 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 and maybe fifth or sixth one year so that's the level you need to get to and you know this I think he just ran in ran up against you know the this the the very very top tier of Man City side the very very best version they've ever been and will ever be you know because Man City can probably win the league this year and you can probably look back and say, well, they won it with 100 points the other season, and they won it with 98 points that season. Um, and it wasn't, it was just the best they've ever been. And I think Klopp deserves huge recognition for even getting close to that team. Because, you know, remember when Mourinho said at Man United that finishing second was his greatest achievement? I mean, finishing finishing on 97 points is, is anyone's greatest achievement. I mean, it's considering just, that would have won the league in every other season. It just shows the levels were just so fine. I mean, the the attention to detail and the the failure point was so thin, where it felt like if you drew a game that season, those couple of seasons, you'd lost the league, hadn't you? That's how difficult it was to continue maintaining. Yeah, teams were going, you know, I think nineteen games or something without losing losing a game, like losing the first game in like January or December or something like that, and it was. It was a crazy, uh, crazy standard to set, but he was part of that, and it it takes two to tango type of thing. You need that type of rivalry, um, and Pep and Klopp have had this rivalry of um, it, it is the new version of Wenger and um, and Fergie from back in the day. You know, they went head to head in Bayern and Dortmund, and then they went head to head at Liverpool um, and Man City. Um, maybe in the future, if he gets his love back. For the game, Klopp might go to Real Madrid and Barcelona might take Guardiola back, and we can have, we can have part three of it. But you, uh, you never know, because at the minute he seems quite content to, to leave the game alone, and you know maybe uh, if you're looking at where he goes next, if it is in football, he's already said he won't go back to any any English club other than Liverpool. Um, so maybe it's the German national job in the future if if he wants a, a more of a part time, less intense job maybe he fancies that in the future but that'll all remain to be seen and we uh, will have to wait and see where he's heads at I suppose. Yeah he has said he's never going to join a club in England that isn't Liverpool and that he's going to take a minimum of a year out but he quotes I am not the right one for the future but who is the right one for the future at Liverpool we'll discuss that next on Football Social Daily. Welcome back to Football Social Daily and now that we've had time to digest Klopp leaving along with his assistant managers, the sporting director, it's a clean sweep across uh, the board for Liverpool. Who's going to be the guy who actually comes in to take over Klopp and how's that adjustment going to be? Because if you look at teams that have let go or managers that have just gone, I think that with teams that have had managers in the past that are ingrained in the club so Alex Ferguson Arsene Wenger where they've had a real grip on the club and they've left there's always been a really difficult adjustment period hasn't they of 
not knowing who to go for, if it's the right one, clubs and fans being so used to the the, the person in charge and then suddenly everything changes. Obviously, Alonso's going to be the name that sticks out at everyone's uh, lips at the moment, but is he the right choice considering he's only been at Leverkusen a short amount of time? How do you think that one would go? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's clear favourite at the minute. You know, early early doors. Obviously, he's only been only announced he's been leaving the last few hours. So, um, obviously, it's always going to be be a bit knee jerk. But thinking about it, there's not how many top managers are out there that that need need jobs type of thing. You're talking like Zinedine Zidane. Is is he even hungry for it? Is he is he got to to where Klopp is mentally way way quicker, and he's just gone. I've won Champions League with with Real Madrid. It's as good as it gets. I don't need to work. So would would he fancy it? I've I, I don't know. Um, and then you look around, you see Xabi Alonso, and he's seven points clear in in the Bundesliga at the minute with Leverkusen. You know, hammering Bayern Munich in terms of uh, the title race so far. Um, if he's coming off the back of winning the title with Leverkusen, I think Liverpool becomes hard to turn down for him. Because how much more can Leverkusen do if if they win the title? Can they go and win the Champions League? Probably not. Can Liverpool go and win the Champions League? Yeah, I, I would I would say they can. Bigger resources, you know. He's got that um, the existing relationship with them already. Obviously, he's a bit of a a cult hero at the club. He was a fantastic player for them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think Steven Gerrard's slightly out of the running now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit after that contract extension. Yeah, but, I mean, speaking, I mean, bear with me on this. This should have been Steven Gerrard's job to take. When he moved into management, he did well at Rangers. If he'd have done well at Aston Villa, and he, he would have been there now, even if Villa were sixth, seventh in the league, um, and, and what have you, he should have been the one who was waiting for Klopp to go. Um, and it would have just been a tap-in. I said it at the time when he went to Villa. I said, all he's got to do is do average at Villa. And when Liverpool come calling, which he will hope they will, that will be... He'll be like, right, see you later. This is, this is my job. This is my dream. And no one would have begrudged him for it, but he's just burnt his own house down massively by going to Villa, not looking bothered. And then Emery comes in and stamps all over everything Gerard's done by taking the same squad plus a few additions to practically in a title race as we speak. Um, and Gerard's off in Saudi Arabia, hating everything. His assistants left him. His star signing Jordan Henderson's left him, and he's doubled down and said, "Oh, I'm not getting a job anywhere else. I might as well stay." And he signed a contract extension. So that that rules him out. Um, so I I think Jabby Alonso. I don't see too many others getting involved in the race. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's a difficult one because even now you look across the board and there's not that many top, top level managers available. It feels like Liverpool are going to almost have to... I mean, Alonso is the is the standout choice, but I'm sure there'll be many clubs. Bayern Munich might be one if Thomas Tuchel doesn't succeed there to take him. Might even be Real Madrid if Ancelotti ends up leaving prematurely. So there's going to be a number of clubs hovering around Alonso obviously Alonso's got a good connection with Liverpool from his past but I mean apart from that it almost feels like they're gonna have to take a little bit of a a dive and a little bit of a risk but I think that was always going to be the case when Klopp left and I think despite 
him telling Liverpool in November that he was going to leave, it was always going to be such a difficult task. I mean, even if he'd let them know two months before, 10 months before, regardless of preparation time, I mean, how would you even replace someone who's pretty much been the mantelpiece and the spokesperson of a football club for nine years? It's never going to be an easy adjustment period, is it? I mean, when Arsene Wenger left Arsenal, they were so flippant in their choices and they didn't really know who to go for. They started with Unai Emery and it didn't work out and now they're slowly starting to settle with Arteta and that's after, what, six or seven years since Wenger left. So it just shows there might be a really difficult transition period for, for Liverpool to come. But just looking forward now, actually at the squad, I was just looking at the player contracts and the situations that could come of this as well. I saw that Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold, they've got contracts until 2025. Mo Salah's obviously been subject to a massive bid from Saudi uh, in the summer just gone. Could we start to see a massive revamp of that Liverpool squad now? Because I'm sure a lot of the players will be there, obviously, to play for Liverpool. But the prospects of playing for Jurgen Klopp is clearly an absolute pull as well so could we start to see a massive change potentially whoever comes in and starts switching things up well it's all right to expect changes of course there's going to be going to be changes but you know this this Liverpool in the summer is not the Liverpool that that Klopp took over you know Klopp took over a shocking shocking Liverpool side you know there was Ricky Lambert I think Emery Chan was pretty much the best player um, it was you know Adam Lallana. I think Sturridge was still there, but kind of struggling along a bit, and you know just some some horrendous players getting getting starts every week. Um, so he had to build it from the ground up. This is this is different. Um, whoever comes in will be will be um, working with a squad capable of finishing in the top two or three, and it just needs coaching out of them basically, and just proving that whoever comes in is the right man and can take them forward and the ideas are right and the the play style fits them and stuff um but what I would say is if 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 Mo Salah was ever going to leave Liverpool this summer's the time to do it and it's almost the exact same situation as Harry Kane at um at Spurs last summer when when it was announced that um the manager was going um it was it wasn't confirmed that Ange was coming in until the summer, and Kane had months to just think, right, okay, this summer's the time to go. Let's not, let's not get duped by a new manager and saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, and then think, oh yeah, okay, um, I'll give him a go because then you're wasting your, you're wasting your time type of thing. If you look at Salah, I think he's is he thirty, thirty one now. Um, he's he's in the same situation as Klopp. Like, can I go again? Can I go again with another era of this team? Um, he's got the quality to, don't get me wrong, but also he's given everything to Liverpool over the past six or seven years, however long he's been there. One of the highest scorers in Premier League history. I think he's you know, he's on course for he's broke all kinds of records at Liverpool, hasn't he? So is it a case of, you know, this era needs to start with a new star player and a new squad so that Jabby Alonso or whoever it is can come in and say right I'm going to put my stamp on this team and if we have to start without Mo I don't know what it was like with Mo Salah so let's start without him and you can start from scratch um, and you can sort of go again like that but I would uh, I'd be very tempted I wonder what the um, all the Saudi clubs are thinking when they've heard this news because they'll all be trying to uh, 
to get their sort of bids in in line and all the money lined up to try and tempt him back to uh, not tempt him away from the Premier League. Yeah, and then just finally, how do you see the rest of the Premier League going? Because I know Jurgen Klopp's been pretty adamant in his interview that he doesn't want the rest of the season to be about him and he doesn't want the Liverpool fans to be you know singing his songs too early and every single game to be almost like this delaying death of him leaving um could this be the boost not that they need a boost because obviously the top of the league at the moment but could this be the catalyst that they need to then take them on to potentially winning quite a few trophies this season because even though they're in a great position now Sometimes it can go the other way where they know the impending situation that's going to come and it might start you know, moving the mentalities a little bit. But how do you see the rest of the season going for Liverpool? Or does it change? Or does it change at all? It's, it's interesting, isn't it, really? Because it could go either way. I, I'm actually starting to think, is this a really clever... It's a gamble either way. But is it a really clever um, way of just getting a little bit more out of that squad and taking a bit of pressure off the squad because all the headlines are going to be from now until the end of the season, Klopp this, Klopp that, you know, um, he's leaving, who do they replace him with? And the pressure isn't going to be on the squad and is this squad good enough and are they gelling well enough and have they got a good enough left back to cover Andy Robertson or whatever? It's always going to be Klopp, 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 Klopp central basically for the next, um, what, five, four months. So if... If he can take that um, take that pressure on him and take it off the team, and they win the league in front of fans for the first time, because uh, obviously they won it in COVID, didn't they? When no one was in the bloody stadium, so if he can do that and leave like that, I mean, there's no better there's no better way to leave a club than with a title. Um, you know that is the perfect dream ending. So I, I wonder whether he's done it to maximise his chances because he couldn't have announced this in the summer had they won the title oh by the way I'm leaving because that would have just sucked all the life out of the the celebrations Um, so once he made his mind up I think the club have probably been managing how to well working out how to manage the situation Um, and they've got to the top of the league in you know a little break in the winter break and then the, the FA Cup causing delays to the Premier League restarting type of thing um, and then they've gone okay hope we'll we'll play it like this and hopefully it gives us a boost to carry on that three point gap they've got over Man City I think I think it's three points when Man City play the game in hand um, and we'll uh, we'll hope it fires us to a second Premier League title in Klopp's last season well we'll soon see how the reaction is at Liverpool they play against Norwich this weekend and we'll soon see the aftermath of what comes of this but thanks Marley for joining us and we'll see you again on Monday for FSD Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network